Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Minute Warning Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Of course, your host, Dave Sturchio, and two of the premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com. That's Aiden Davis. That is also Tony Catalina. Fellas, how are we doing? It's a very rare thing that we get to be uh, the official, I guess, you know, something that the Jersey Boys, who is also on this network, we used to be the hype guys. You know, our, our episodes would drop on Sunday mornings. Um, but in this instance, we're dropping on a Saturday. The game is tonight. So the, it's a, it's definitely a rare thing, but, um, you know, of course, no matter what, you know, we, we went into this game thinking meaningless thinking what could possibly go wrong with a meaningless game. And of course the week has presented itself because it wouldn't be a Dallas Cowboys week without making headlines. And of course we start off with, um, COVID because you know, why not? That's all we've been talking about for about two years now. So why don't we continue that conversation? Uh, as ruled out, Micah Parsons comes down with COVID-19 along with Tyron Smith and Anthony Brown. And, of course, um, you know, there's there's things to, th- to talk about in this regard. Start with you, Tony. I mean, is, when it rains, it pours. You said it yourself in the pre. It the, the walls are crashing down on you. Everybody's getting this. How do you feel about, you know, the fact that, you know, here we are week 18 and we're still dealing with this crap? You know, you, you just, it's the world we live in, right? Um, the, <laughs> you just got to roll with the punches. I think it's a, you know, it comes and goes. We've had, you know, three surges on this team. There's been different um, things that they've had to overcome. And, you know, I'm kind of grateful right now that they had that extra game because if this was uh, a different year, a different time, we'd be heading into the wild card weekend missing some starters. So, um, you know, I think if nothing else, this kind of tells the team how serious and how locked in they got to get for this playoff run and how quickly it can be taken away from you. Because I had a brief moment myself where I thought like, man, 11 and five, possibly 12 and five season can get derailed in a heartbeat from a, from a, you know, a viral infection. So, you know, it's one of those things where um, all your hard work could be all for nothing. So it's, it's, it's a humbling thing. I think the the team is going to, try to find a way to make sure it doesn't affect them. But again, here we are, and this is the world we live in. Aiden, uh, the fact that Micah Parsons, um, you know, we, we all saw him at the Mavericks game in Dallas, right? And everybody wants to link it to that. And if you if you really want to get technical, you know, uh, chances are he didn't contract COVID-19 at the Dallas Mavericks game. When I think all three of us are in, the, in the, the same mindset with that one. But now the next day, you know, you got Amari Cooper, 
on the heels of kind of taking to the media again about his targets, about his his uh, his role on the offense, and then now you see him on the outs, uh, you know, on the, doing his own thing, uh, which, again, none of us are anybody to judge of what people do in their spare time. But here he is at a Mavericks game sitting next to CeeDee Lamb and uh, Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw. Um, so, obviously, all three of those guys are courtside. Do you feel like this has just been a bad, bad week for Amari Cooper overall in the media? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, especially with the pictures of the Mavericks game, that's been a little bit overblown. I do think what the pictures with the Mavericks game showed me is that, and I might be reading too much into this, but I don't think the starters are going to get a lot of reps this week. And that's kind of what I'm taking it as (laughs) is like, they get, they're kind of enjoying this week. And it's not like they're not taking it seriously. Obviously they know that they have playoffs coming up and, a Mavs game doesn't mean that they're not focused on that, but I think that they're, it's a little bit of a rest week. They get to enjoy themselves. I, it was, they hung Dirk's Jersey in the rafters. So that was kind of a cool moment. They wanted to be there for it. The one thing that I'll I'll just say about the COVID case, I'm a little worried for how people, the Micah Parsons, um, Anthony Brown and, um, Who's the last COVID case? Tyron Tyron Smith. Smith. Tyron Smith. I'm a little worried for how they're going to come out in the first playoff game. This is, I'm, I'm trying not to panic about too much, but we have seen so far this year, there have been a couple instances like Tyree kill a couple weeks ago. When people come off the COVID list, they tend to, they need some, they need a little bit of an adjustment period. And that's normally a one game adjustment period. So I am a little worried about that. And that's something to keep in mind. But hopefully because they've been diagnosed and they it's confirmed early that they have enough time to prepare. I guess based off the rules of the NFL and the CDC and everything that they're I guess they're working together as far as, uh, you know, their eligibility to play and get back into the game. I'm not sure about the vaccination status of uh, of all these guys. I mean, look, I don't think it's any of our business anyway. And I've been saying that since Jump Street. Um, But as far as the Dallas Cowboys are concerned as a whole. I guess the last possible time you can test positive for COVID and start worrying is Sunday, right? I mean, like you would have to, the game's on Saturday. I'm sure everybody who is symptomatic and not vaccinated will be tested on Sunday, the day after, and then you'll have your five day period. And then which you would get back on Saturday if we were to be scheduled on Saturday. So after Sunday, you almost want these guys to just go chill in the Omni or something like that and just not move a muscle. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. You want these guys to live their lives. And Dak Prescott took to the podium yesterday, or I believe it was today. As we record, this is Thursday. So he did have his media availability. And he, he didn't say, like, you know, everybody shouldn't go, but they should just be extra cautious. And and you can't control this stuff. And obviously, you can't control where you're getting it from or nobody knows where you're getting it from. There's just so many variables right now and I believe it was Dak Prescott before last season he said based off the fact and this is before the 2021 I'm sorry the 2020 season before he got hurt he said that the healthiest team at the end of this year with the pandemic riddled NFL the healthiest team was going to win I I, Tony do you kind of agree with that sentiment going into this year now with, with the playoffs being 14 teams deep you know is it those 14 teams, is it just the less the, – the team with the least amount of COVID cases is going to come out on top? I think once you get to the divisional round, and I guess I don't want to 
you know, I don't want to poo-poo the wild card teams because, you know, we've seen them win games. But I think it's safe to say once you reach the divisional round point, every team in there is a good football team. So then, then you start looking at the health, right? And I think there is some merit in that, you know, whether it be actual physical injuries or COVID, there's just a multitude of things that, you know, even in years past, you never had to deal with. So, yeah, I think there is definitely some um, credence to that statement. Um, trying to stay healthy, whatever that looks like in 2022, is going to go a long way to see how far you can actually go in, in the playoff run. Now, again, this is a game night. As people are listening to the sounds of our majestic voices, uh, the Dallas Cowboys will kick off tonight on ESPN at 8 o'clock. Uh, that's Eastern time, 7 o'clock for all you Texas people out there. Um, but... Now, I'll, I'll bring this question to Kyle. I guess both of you guys, with this situation right now, with, with Tyron Smith out and with Micah Parsons out and also, uh, who did I say before, uh, Anthony Brown, right? So three of these guys out, ruled out. Does this open a window of opportunity? I'll start with Aiden for a guy like Kelvin Joseph, you know, who have, you know, it's been a while since we've, well, it's it's pretty much been the entire year. We haven't really got a good look at him. Do you feel like he's going to get a lot of meaningful reps regardless of this COVID stuff? Oh, I absolutely think he'll get a lot of, I mean, we saw it against the Washington team where when the first cornerback goes down, it is Kelvin Joseph stepping up and I was very impressed by how he did in the Washington game. So yeah, it's guys like this where we've said it all year. This roster is so unbelievably deep and there's so many guys that in my opinion could be starters on 30 out of 32 NFL teams. It's just not the case with the Cowboys. And so, yeah, it's a lot of guys that, I'd love to see get reps. We've obviously called this game somewhat meaningless and I'd love to see them get in there. Guys like even like Israel Mukwamu. I know he's, he's had some time this year, but just like throw him into the starter role and see what do, what do you have out of this guy? These young rookie guys that we haven't seen a lot this year. Tony, when you're looking at uh Tyron Smith uh, in particular, right? Um, he's out, but now do you think this is all speculation? If COVID didn't hit Ty Smith, is he playing? I mean, I, the way they've been speaking all week is it seems like they were going to trot out the starters. Now, for how long that was going to be, who who really knows? You know, it could have been a series. It could have been a field thing. So who knows if that was going to be a quarter or a half. But I think the way it's been discussed, Tyron Smith would have saw some, you know, some action, whether that was a good thing or not, whether, you know, COVID made that decision for them. So at the end of the day, um, if COVID doesn't you know, beat him up in, internally, whatever the case may be, his conditioning, I think he's going to be better off physically for this situation. So kind of, I mean, not to, not to even paint COVID-19 in a positive light, but this is another week of physical rest for, for a guy like Tyron Smith that we were kind of worried about going in. Like, we're like, ah, you know, and I even said that I'm blogging the boys round table this past week. And I know you guys all ganged up on me and stuff. And I guess, I'm willing to concede at this point because I just I want to get to the playoffs already now. I mean, I was all hell bent on beating the Eagles. But then, like, once you do your research and you start listening uh, to Seriani and the Eagles resting all of their guys, it's almost as if like, all right, cool. Is our backups good enough to beat their backups? Because if not, it doesn't really matter. Right. So, like, I'm finally starting to come around. I still want to beat the Eagles. Don't get that twisted at all. I want to go in to the playoffs 12 and five. But I guess we're kind of resting now. So in that regard. How much playing time should these starters actually get in this game? Aiden, Dak Prescott, how many series do you want to see this guy play? I'd give him one series or the first quarter, whichever comes, I guess, second in that case. I I do kind of want, 
and I know I was kind of adamant about the starters not playing at all. The more I've been thinking about it, I want them to simulate like going through a game. And this means like warming up before the game, throwing the routes, everybody like huddling up, get your team inspired like it's a normal game, go through all that. But then just pull guys like Dak Prescott, Zeke, Cooper, Lamb, pull all those guys that you know they're going to be fine come playoffs. Pull them after the first drive, first quarter. Some Treat it like the second preseason game when we used to have that normal four-game preseason schedule. Tony, going into this game, uh, I ask you because you and Aiden obviously cover the team with bloggingtheboys.com. There was rumor, well, not rumors, just reports that Blake Jarwin was on his way back. Um, do you think we see any of Blake Jarwin in the playoffs? Like, do you think this is a possibility? So, I, you know, it's funny. I haven't found anything definitive on my like research on that, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't know how um, how effective you would think he would be not having reps in, what, two-plus months now, like, at this point, and just throw him out in wildcard weekend. Now, I do think he's going to help this team being out there to give another pass-catching, you know, tight end out there that, to really help Dalton Schultz and, and Dak Prescott. But um, I think if anybody I want to see some get some reps, if he's able and ready to go, I think he is somebody that should get a series or two, maybe, maybe play a quarter or a half. So, I mean, I definitely think it would be advantageous for him to get out there. I agree. I agree. So obviously we've been talking about uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Clearly we want them to to at least simulate the the rush of going through a cold weather game or or something to that effect. Get the get the mental reps, get those get that preparation out and then kind of, you know, get out of there unscathed and and un COVID. I mean, Philly is just a cesspool as it is. So I will say that right off the rip. I mean, it's if you don't come out with COVID, you'll probably come out with something else, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just, and that's just, I mean, I would say that's not me just talking crap about Philly, but yes, that's me talking crap about Philly. Um, but speaking of these Eagles, now I'm curious to know your guys' thoughts about this. Clearly, they're going to be the seven seed, is what everything kind of everything points to it. I don't know. I think the only way they move up is if the Saints win and the 49ers lose. I think. They can move up to the potential sixth seed, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, don't quote me on that. But when you look at this Eagles team as a whole, when they're healthy, when the starters are playing, can this Eagle team go on a run? Uh, I'll start with Aiden. I mean, based off of what you've seen this season, can this Eagles team do any kind of damage in the playoffs? It depends how you define damage. Do I think they can have that season that they had a while ago, where it was that magical season with Nick Foles, they go to the Super Bowl, upset the Patriots. It's this whole thing. No, that that's not happening with the Eagles team this year. They're nine and seven. We've looked at the teams they've beat. They're all among the bottom teams in the NFL. But what I will say is, this Eagles team, in my opinion, is good enough to like, like they could surprise somebody in the first round. Obviously, we're talking seventh seed, so they're probably playing the Buccaneers. I'm not predicting it, but I could definitely see a world where the defense comes out swinging. Jalen Hurts looks solid, and they upset the Buccaneers who aren't expecting a competitive game. And in that case, that would actually be really beneficial for the Cowboys, assuming that they win their first-round matchup, because then the Eagles would go and play the number one seed. So I mean, I could see them upsetting somebody. Will they go to the Super Bowl? No. Tony, you rooting for the Eagles in the first round? It's funny you say that I had this exact conversation with my brother uh, this morning. We were just talking and hashing it up because, you know, I was making fun of them for Washington having zip tie stadium, whatever. But <laughs> we we got to talk in the playoffs. And, um, yeah, if, if Philadelphia could beat Tampa Bay in the first round, which we saw Heineke almost do the same thing last year, if, if there's a chance that Philly could do that, that could help the Cowboys because – I don't care what it takes. You're going to face good teams, but if you can lighten the road or make the road a little easier down the path, like 
hey, I'm not, I'm not upset at all about that possibility. I think if if my memory search, well, not memory, but just knowledge of the playoffs and how the brackets work, if Philadelphia were to win, the Cowboys were to win, and then the sixth seed, 49ers, uh, were to win their game, we would actually go back home to to host the divisional championship round against the 49ers, which would be great. And then, and then, ready for this scenario, hypothetical, why the hell not? The Eagles pick off the Packers in Green Bay, and then all of a sudden, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Niners, and we're hosting the national uh, national conference, uh, national conference, the NFC conference championship game in Dallas. And then, considering the fact that we're also now a backup destination for the Super Bowl, we could be playing a home game, and it would happen two years in a row. I am I getting ahead of myself at all? I'm probably getting a little ahead hey. of myself. Hey, I'm not uh, mad we, at you about it. <laughs> we don't even need, need to do the two-minute warning for a few more weeks. It seems like Sturge has got it all simulated. I got it out. all figured out, ladies and gentlemen. I got it all figured out. So outside of the Eagles, right, would you guys both agree that, you know, start, I'll ask Tony first, that the Packers are obviously the the, the bruisers of the NFC, or, does, or is this still a cluster F? Do you think that there's still, you know, anybody could beat anybody, or do you think, you know, Rodgers and company has kind of separated themselves a little bit? You know, I think I think the the NFC and maybe the playoffs in both conferences as a whole is really such a pick'em. But if you're gonna give respect, I think you should give it to the Green Bay Packers. I think they separated themselves just a little bit. But if you're gonna tell me and sit here and think that the Packers can't get beat by one of these teams, I I could see it happening. I I know that they've been good wire to wire, and I know Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate. But um, if any year, if this year has shown us anything, I think anybody can really pick anybody off at this point. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts yeah i agree i agree back to the cowboys for a second um, now that Micah Parsons, the fact that he's out, right? Aiden, did you think that there was any like inkling that Micah Parsons given a starting role? Let's just say he started this week and let's just say he grabs a sack and a tackle for loss or something. Just a quick little stat. 
Do you think Micah Parsons, by getting COVID and losing his ability to play in that 17th game, like, do you think he actually had a shot at defensive player of the year and this kind of just kind of up in smoke now? If you had asked me this question on Sunday night, I would have said, yeah, he sells a shot at defensive player of the year. But what TJ Watt did on yeah. Monday night, I was like, at, half, at halftime, I was like, yep, Micah Parsons, defensive player of the year, candidacy is over. I mean, credit where credit's due. TJ Watt, four set, he was wrecking baker mayfield back there and it was at at some point i was like you know what i love micah parsons but this is just incredible to watch i'm enjoying it i think not for nothing and i'm not trying to take away anything that tj watt has done because he's obviously he's one sack away from you know beating strahan's record right and um i'll get to that in a second but like that 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 pittsburgh run defense was atrocious all year round so it's like it's it's hard for me to get behind uh one player on a uh, a somewhat of a bad defense, you know, like they're the Pittsburgh Steelers were like middle of the pack. The Dallas Cowboys were turning them over all year long and sacking a quarterback and getting, you know, just in the face of all the quarterbacks and, and turning the ball over. That's why I kind of leaned on Parsons. But I think, yes, it goes up in smoke um, because of the fact that he's not playing at all, regardless of if he's suited up or not, um, you know, minus the COVID. I still don't think that he would have. Uh, surpassed a incredible year that TJ Watt has had. Now I do want to ask you guys a question. I know they don't particularly care about records. Tony, I'll ask you, you know, you're, you had a brother who played in the league, so I know he might care about records if, if he played a skill position or, you know, for example, uh, he was an offensive lineman, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So he played offensive line, so he doesn't matter. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but in, in regards to records, right? If TJ Watt breaks Strahan's record this week in week 18, is there like a fat asterisk on it? Like because of the fact you know, that it's an, an extra game? You know, I I would I would say so if he played in all of them. That's but true. he was hurt. So he's actually doing it in less games. So I think it is still impressive. I mean, if you went wire to wire, played 17 games, I'd be like, ah, you know, I mean, yeah, an extra one. But yeah, I think I think it would be super impressive if he gets it done. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So before we get into uh, the Philadelphia predictions, which, again, it's hard to it's hard to get like excited about a game that literally feels like preseason game number four at this point. You know what I mean? Or preseason game number three, if it's this year or Dallas actually had four. They were in the Hall of Fame. Um, but before I get into the Philadelphia Eagles, it is more than likely based off of all the percentages that we've been seeing that it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. I'll start with, I mean, obviously, we'll touch more on this next week when we preview that game and we get involved with with the wild card round. We don't know what day we're playing, so it could be Saturday, it could be Sunday. Could even be that special Monday night football wild card. They might toss the Cowboys there for ratings purposes. I would It would not surprise me at all, which would actually give the Dallas Cowboys a little bit more rest than everybody else. It would go from Saturday to the following Monday, so that kind of benefit us uh, if that happens. Aiden, the Arizona Cardinals. Second time around, they're going to be healthier. You know, you bring back DeAndre Hopkins more than likely. Uh, uh, James Conner more than likely back. You know, they get DJ Humphreys back off the COVID list. Do the Cowboys in a second go around with the Arizona Cardinals. Do you like our matchup here, even though the Cardinals got healthier? Like, were we just a couple plays away? And obviously, yes, we know about the refs and we know about everything that we discussed on Tuesday and throughout the course of this entire week. And I'm not about to fire Tony up again about the referees debacle, <laughs> but I will say this or ask this. Do we stack up good against the Arizona Cardinals better than we would have stacked up against the Los Angeles Rams? I think so. And I think it's worth saying real quick, 
if the Cowboys win tonight, if they beat the Eagles, we've discussed a lot this week that the Cowboys are locked into the four seed. But if the Cowboys win tonight, everybody out there needs to be rooting for the Rams and the Cardinals to both lose. Because there is a world where we improve our seeding. Obviously, we don't really see a world where it happens, but we can still root for it. And we should be rooting for the Rams and the Cardinals to lose so that we jump up at least one spot. But if we're looking between the Rams and the Cardinals, I absolutely want the Cardinals because I'm just worried the Rams defensive line is stacked. And I just think with the way our offensive line has been playing and it's just been a little bit inconsistent, I don't want Aaron Donald just to terrorize Dak Prescott all game. And in my opinion, the Rams offense, it's wildly inconsistent, but I think they're peak is higher than their peak efficiency is much higher than the Cardinals peak efficiency. So between those two factors, I, I I'd much rather want to rematch with the Cardinals. Tony, do you share the same sentiment? Yeah. You know, I think all year long, the Rams have kind of scared me on a, um, on a personnel basis, right? OBJ looks like maybe Cleveland was the problem after all. Right. And, and I, and although Matthew Stafford in the playoffs doesn't really overly scare me, I mean, he was what he Oh, and three in his career in the playoffs. Cooper cup is playing like the best receiver in football. Um, Cam makers is coming back. I don't know how in the world he's coming back, but he's on his way back. They have some talent. Uh, Aaron Donald is a problem. Yeah. So like if you're just looking at a straight personnel matchup to matchup, the Rams do scare me a little bit more. I think the X factor for the Arizona Cardinals is Kyler Murray. And I don't love playing mobile quarterbacks, but I, I do feel that the Cowboys felt disrespected for whatever reason, refs game, the whole scenario. I think the Cowboys would be a little more fired up to play Arizona. Uh, I agree with that point with the whole fired up to play them again. Uh, I disagree in the, the the regard of saying I would rather play a sitting duck Matt Stafford unable to move in the pocket uh, than than Kyle than chase Kyler Murray's ass around again. You know, I just again that just that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't feel good about it. Um, but again, it's more than likely going to be the Cardinals. Go ahead, Aiden. Do you guys give any weight to Kyler Murray owning AT and T Stadium? I put owning in quotation marks. Do you guys? There is there any legitimacy to that? I mean, he was he was you know a couple bad calls and bad you know we could have lost that game last week. So I I don't know how much stock I put into his high school record at AT and T Stadium. Like <laughs> anybody with a nice you know ambiance and a, a big old stadium like Dallas you know has uh, I, I don't really look into that uh, too deep. I think it's just a coincidence that he's that good at that stadium. Tony, you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's something to be said about comfortability, but at the same time, I don't think it like it really adds too much value. Uh, I would love to have him get his first loss in the wildcard round, but you know, for me, I don't think it really it adds too too much value. Yeah, I agree. All right, so obviously we do have a game to play tonight, and I know there's a lot of things, um, you know, that really don't matter much in the grand scheme of things. But yes, if the Cowboys do win, there is a world that we live in that we can improve. So you better believe that the Dallas Cowboys are going to go out and try to win this game. Will they? We'll get into that in a second. But Aiden, give me one thing off the cuff that you're looking for on Saturday night, tonight. What are you looking for out of this Dallas Cowboys team? Is it a player? Is it a scheme? Is it Greg Zerline to make a couple field goals? What what, what are you looking for uh, in this, quote, air quote, meaningless game that means something? Well, it, yeah, it's tough because I I'm going to trust Mike McCarthy that the starters will at least play a little bit in this prediction. I'd love to see some up-tempo offense. Just yes. Yes. when 
even if it's just for a quarter, if it's a first, if it's a big first down, even if Dak Prescott decides to scramble, I don't know why he would choose this game to continue scrambling, but if he's, <laughs> if, if they, if there's a big play, a big rush by Elliot, whatever it is, I want to see Kellen Moore go to the no huddle and just continue to run it down the Eagles throats until they get to the end zone because it's worked so many times this year. And the games that they just completely forget about it is the games that they've struggled in. So I'd love to see some up-tempo offense, even if it's just for half a quarter, a quarter, whatever. Aiden, isn't that so frustrating that if people like us that watch the game from afar and people in the media and even super-duper fans out there that are listening to this, if we're the ones that can come out and say the Cowboys run a better offense when it's up-tempo, why the hell could they just not listen to that? What is What is the mental block that we're facing here? Yeah, and the thing is, is Dak Prescott, in my opinion, he's a smart quarterback who knows how to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. But every time I see him draining the clock down to one second, my thought is, okay, this play's probably not going to work because I, I just I I'd rather see them go no huddle, just go with the play, don't make adjustments at the line. Of, I it just infuriates me at this point, and I'd love <laughs> to see him pull it out for playoffs though. Yeah, all right. So, Tony, what are you looking for out of this uh, Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles season finale? Well, Aiden kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but I'm going to take it a, you know one step further and say I would love to see them treat this game um, and create their own type of scenarios, right? If they if they open the game with the, the opening kickoff, pretend it's a four-minute situation. You know, let's go out there and get that up-tempo. Like, let's create our own tempo. Let's create our own situation. Like, you're not going to get much value from this game in the sense that we know that you know, it would take mountains to move for this game to mean something in a victory. But if you're going to have them out there for a quarter, a half, whatever it is, let's get value in those. And let's say, hey, Dak, let's, you know, let's treat this like a four minute offense. Let's have some tempo to it. Like, let's just run with that mindset. And that's where they're really going to benefit from playing in this game, because outside of, you know, finding or, you know, makeshift situations like that, they're only really risking things, you know, especially with COVID and injuries that could happen like you know, you can get hamstrung real quick in a game that really doesn't matter. So if they're going to be out there, they might as well find ways to manufacture some um, some effort and some uh, some gains out of it. So basically just treat it as a practice, like a joint practice almost, you know, like just kind of just figure out situations, make it two minute, make it four minute, just and make it Hail Mary, make it end of half, even if it's the beginning of the first quarter. So treat this as a practice. But now, as much as I agree with that, and I think it's actually a really good idea. Do you kind of is that risky? You know what I mean? Like to are what if they don't give it a hundred percent? Is that kind of susceptible to more injuries? You know what I mean? Like you don't want to you want to get it's one thing to be careful, but it's another thing to be too careful. Right. So I, I think the way that they would have to to play this in the scenario is like, listen, boys, you're not going to play here all day. You're not going to be out here for 60 minutes. Um, you know, we're probably going to stay pretty vanilla, but, but at the same time, you know, go out there and give these reps your all, because I think we're trying to get some continuity. I think there is some Amari Cooper has been talking a lot, right? Maybe even get him the ball, get a little more rhythm going, try to get him and Dak on the same page for whatever, whatever it is. There is little internal lessons that can be learned within this game that, you know, if you're going to have them out there, they might as well find something or something reason to go ahead and have them out there i agree i agree all right well guess what time it is folks it is time it is the two minute warning so we are going to predict this week 18 17th game of the dallas cowboy season somehow some way uh tony is literally one win away but from i believe your preseason prediction of 12 and 5 so i think that's you're right there right so 
I'm kicking myself because I had my 13 and four, so I would have needed Arizona ah, that W. No, so but suck there all are over some again. people that pick 12 and five. I'll tell you what, some blogging the boys people are on the money. I was not one of them, but I'll give credit where it's due. All right, 12 and five is the record that we're shooting for. Aiden, do the Dallas Cowboys, whether it be first string, second string, third string, uh, they bring back uh, Will Greer to play quarterback. I don't know what the hell the Cowboys are about to do tonight, but do they get the win in, again, quote, meaningless, but somewhat of a meaningful game did the cowboys get this one i think so i think what's going to happen is you're going to see the starters play the first quarter and they're going to look good i think they're going to dak's going to get two drives he's going to hang 14 points on those two drives wow okay now what i'll say is this isn't a sign of complete optimism that the offense is going to be rolling come playoff time because kellen moore just seems to have the nfc east numbers so i think He's going to come out swinging. Dak's going to put up 14 points. The starters will do their thing. I think this game ends 27-21, but we're probably going to be turning it off by the end of the third quarter just because, yeah, who wants to see? Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, turn, you turn games off? Oh, I never. Now, I will say the only time I, during the Broncos game, I turned off the volume for the Cowboys game and turned on the volume from Red Zone. That's as far as I go, but... Towards the end, I mean, I'm not going to want to watch Cooper Rush versus Gardner Minshew. I'll probably reluctantly do it. Sign Just... me up for that. Sign me up for Cooper Rush ball to try to go and have himself a day. Tony, do the Dallas Cowboys get this thing done in Philadelphia, Philadelphia of all the places in the world to end your season? Do the Cowboys get it done? You know, I think that, you know, we always talk about what, this game has what little it means, what it means, but I think there is some value playing in some cold weather and learning what that's going to feel like. Cause you know, green Bay is not going to be warm. Um, but all that being said, I think a uh, couple series, maybe a quarter for the starters, maybe even a little less for the defense, who knows, but I do see them coming out victorious, something to the tune of 23 to 17. I think, uh, kind of like Aiden said, there might be some early scoring, but then once like the backups get in there, you know, it's going to stall out. And at that point, our, our minds going to turn and what's Sunday going to look like and who are we going to play against? And then we're on to survival mode, playoff mode. And we know how that anxiety feels. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great thing that, that, that we made it here uh, relatively 100% health outside of COVID. Everybody's going to be back. They're all going to be playing in that game next week. This game in particular, I think the Cowboys will get only for the sole purpose of I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles are, are going to be trying very hard. There's not going to be many starters in there. So it's a matter of beating up their backups. Um, it's a matter of just, you know, getting things done uh, when we have to get things done. Situational football. Give me, you know, I, I had I had some 30 point prediction for the Cowboys, but if it's the backups, I'll, I'll decrease it and, and I'll make the I'll make the Cowboys sweat this one out. Give me 21, 18. Greg Zerline hits a game-winning field goal to give us the 12th win of the season. And I know that Greg Zerline, you know, I'll touch on that for a second. The only thing I could say now is that next season, the only thing I want, and it's not so much I would never root for anybody to lose their job, right? That's just not my style. I just don't, I don't go that route. But give me, like, can you guys agree? Give me a kicker competition, Aiden. Can we get somebody else to at least push Greg Zerline to the next level next year? Oh, please. And <laughs> I love that. I'm kind of on the boat, and I haven't heard anything about this. I have nothing to back it up. I know that Greg Zerline's John Fossil's Pick. child. <laughs> I I think Greg Zerline's probably gone at the end of the season, but 
You're, I'm with you. At least have a competition, please. Tony? I mean, without question, it would be it would be it would be malpractice at this point not to have somebody in there. So he he needs some competition. We're gonna have to ride with the you know ride with the horse that got us here this year, but next year that absolutely you may have to bring in three kickers. You know, what I mean there gotta be some legitimate has to be some competition for this man. Yeah, no, I agree. Just give me somebody. I, bring in the kid that we had uh, earlier this year. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but it, who is it? Aiden? Leo. It's Liram. I can't pronounce his last name, but do you guys see that Liram and Brett Maher squared off last week? And they actually like, it was just, it was a field goal. It ended up just being a field goal competition, which is so ironic when Greg Zerline misses a field goal in the early going of the Cardinals. You know what warms the heart when I'm watching Saints games and Brett Maher is just drilling everything that he possibly could kick. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like we went through all this heartache trying to get right in the kicking game. And then when you sign a guy like Greg Zerline, you're like, oh my God, it's Greg the leg. He'll never miss a kick in his life. He's got controlled climates left and right. You know, and he just, I don't even know. I, again, I digress. I can't get too deep into this. I was in a good mood today. I'm not about to put myself in a bad mood right before kickoff. So all three of us have the Dallas Cowboys finishing the 2021-2022 season at 12 and five, which again, last year, you know, pinch me because I don't think any of us thought that this was possible. Uh, obviously, yes, going into the preseason, you're like, okay, if they can turn things around here and there, they might rattle off a couple wins and win the East. Uh, you know, my funny, like my, my favorite thing is to see a lot of these talking heads on all these networks predict the Cowboys to finish third or fourth. And then, you know, for us to win the division by three or four games, it, it warms the soul. It warms the soul a little bit. So again, the Cowboys hopefully get out of Philadelphia unscathed, healthy to an extent, um, and and uh, get this win. Get this win. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Two Minute Warning Podcast. Guys, go get warm. Go find uh, your favorite beverage. Go sit in front of the TV, and hopefully the Dallas Cowboys rattle off another win, and we will talk to you guys next week. I can't believe we're saying this already, but it is playoff time, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you guys for listening. Subscribe to all of the podcasts on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. You can hear us each and every Saturday. And, of course, typically we're all involved in the Cowboys Roundtable on the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel uh, where we go head-to-head with guys like Tom Ryle and, and Dan Rogers. And RJ just likes to pick fights and, and all that stuff. So he's an instigator, I tell you. So for that, for Dave Sterchio, Tony Catalina, and, of course, Aiden Davis, we'll talk to you guys next week.